Tucker Up podcast. And my guest today is Patty Morris from Wellspring in Calgary. Thanks, Patty, for joining me. Thank you, Debbie. Wellspring is a cancer support group. They're all across Canada, but you are specifically in the Calgary area, correct? That's correct. I don't know quite how to phrase this, but oh, I guess it's, I'm going to say kind of a silly question in as much as how many people do you serve on an annual basis? Yeah, it's not a silly question. We provide support. We tend to look at how many hours of program support that we provide. So last year, just as an example, we provided over 40,000 hours of program support. The reason we have two centers in Calgary is because um, Westbrook Calgary began 14 years ago, co-founded by three cancer survivors who had had similar experience of having wonderful medical care, but needing other things to help them get back on their feet after cancer. And so it became their dream to create a Wellspring Center. And as we opened our first center 14 years ago, really closely positioned to Tom Baker Cancer Center. It's a beautiful home that was gifted to us by Brookfield Residential Properties. At the time, their name was Karma and developers. And so the home is called Karma House, which has a lovely ring to it. And then we found we quickly grew out of that space. There's so much need, as you would know, Debbie, for support. And so we were renting space off site to try to accommodate programs and um, and eventually realized that we needed to probably open a second center. So several years ago, we launched a campaign, opened a temporary center called Fountain Court. And then just last year uh, in September, we opened our second permanent center, which is called Randy O'Dell House. And uh, that one is in the south part of Calgary. Calgary is a fairly large city, over a million people. And so we have now one center in the north. We're available to anyone who has any type of cancer at any point on their cancer journey. All of our programs are also accessible to caregivers and and also to children who might have a a significant adult um, in their life, usually a parent who has cancer. Well, as a result of, you know, uh, being accessible to that many people, of course, we, we find that when we opened our second center, we were receiving an average of 150 new members at each of our centers per month. One day when I was in my treatment, I asked the nurse how many beds there were in here. And she told me, I think there was over 60 beds. Now, Kitchener's a smaller community, but every day that I was there, it was once every two weeks, the cancer clinic was full. And that shocked me. Yeah, in Alberta, 58 people per day are diagnosed with cancer. So in southern Alberta, you know, we know that there are approximately 60,000 people who are living with cancer that could take advantage of our programs. The numbers are staggering. They are. But I have to say, thank God for places like Wellspring, because it was a source of comfort and release for me. How did you get involved? Yeah, I, I uh, was lucky to work with one of the co-founders. So I previously was the executive director of another charitable organization. And while I was the executive director there, uh, John Stafir, who was one of our co-founders, was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, he was a real mentor to me. So he reached out to me when it became his dream to start Wellspring. And um, I had had the experience of my dad died from cancer when he was relatively young. And we all moved home as young adults to spend the last uh, nine months of his life with him. And when John described to me what he was wanting to create, it just struck me immediately that that was what my dad was looking for. And it was what our family could have benefited from. And 
So I went to Toronto actually and, and visited some of the Wellspring centers there. As you described, Debbie, I felt, um, you know, I just felt even from walking through the door, like this is a place that made so much sense and would be, um, you know, such a place of hope and connection and, you know, light for people on a, that are on a dark journey. And so, yeah, I was really excited to be a part of starting it up. And it's been such a privilege to work with this founding board and with our whole community, you know, as, as happens, you know, people have supported Wellspring in such amazing ways. There's so much investment by so many people. We have huge contingent of volunteers, over 400 volunteers. We have wonderful program leaders, just great community support to, uh, that's brought all of this to life. What kind of programs do you provide? Because I took advantage of as much as I possibly could. So what do you provide to those who are recuperating from cancer? We have quite a wide range of programs, about 90 programs that run at any one time. And they range from programs that are movement and meditation based. So all kinds of exercise, yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, meditation, mindfulness-based cancer recovery, those kinds of programs. We have a number of expressive programs. So art in various mediums, writing, journaling, um, music programs, all kinds of music programs, ukulele, um, other music programs. We have um, pro- nutrition programs, programs that are intended to, we, that we describe as more educational. So things like a return to work program, um, brain fog, you know, to help people to deal with the cognitive disruption that people sometimes experience. Money Matters. We have a, yeah, a wonderful Money Matters program, which is a one-to-one solution-based program that helps people to deal with the not just financial challenges, but, you know, things like will and estate planning, accessing uh, income replacement programs, et cetera, dealing with drug costs. We have programs that are for families. We have kid-friendly programs. We have uh, programs that are for caregivers, uh, although caregivers are welcome to take part in everything. So, you know, really cross the gamut. Like we try to make sure that our programs reflect the various needs and support that people Um, have while they're on this journey. The other thing that we offer um, is a really, really wonderful speaker series, which is open to the public, where we bring in experts, authors, oncologists that are both local, but sometimes international who share current information about cancer. And then in the case of Wellspring Calgary, we have a quite a thriving young adult program. And we also do quite a bit of outdoor programming, which I think reflects our city. We're a very outdoor oriented city. And, um, and we have something called um, House Music, which is an extension of our expressive programs. And that's kind of um, usually a night to forget cancer. It's a night where we bring in local, when, when we're not in COVID and we're in our centers, we bring in local artists who um, play in our great room and, and people just come and you know, families come and just enjoy music and kind of, like I say, it's a night to forget cancer. That's lovely. Is that the name of the program, A Night to Forget? <laughs> no, we, we call it our house. We call it our house music program, and we've carried it on in COVID. So now we have people that are from their house <laughs> playing music, and we're all sharing it on Zoom. But it still actually has a really magical feel. You know, in the chat room, people are enjoying it. One of the recent concerts that I attended, one of the women shared in the chat room that this was uh, the the last day of her chemo. And so she said, you know, this was such a beautiful way for her to celebrate that. And, and there was just a chorus of people who, you know, via the chat came on and, and shared their congratulations and celebrated with her. And so it was, it made my, my heart feel good because it was similar to what we would have experienced if we were all in the great room together. 
there's such a sense of community that I experienced with going to the support groups and, and gratefully there's 13 women who we all still get together. The joys of this is getting to meet remarkable people and remaining friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we love that. We, you're so right. Debbie. like, we know that the programs are important, but equally or oftentimes more important is just people coming to a place where People describe it as, I've had one woman say to me, it's the only place I can take off my wig. You know, she said that at home, my kids look disturbed if I'm out in the community, but she said, I walk into Wellspring and I just take off my wig. Everybody gets it. There's just so much um, comfort and support. One of the, one of our other members described, uh, actually she, she and her husband, her husband is the person who has cancer and they have been being told by various health practitioners, you know, you should go to Wellspring, you should go to Wellspring, because they were feeling very alone and fearful on their journey. And so she said she chose house music thinking, well, that's safe. I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to, you know, I can, if the music sucks, we can leave. But she describes walking into the, the our center. And she said, for the first time, she just felt like she was in the presence of people who understood, you know, without a word spoken. She, you know, she just felt this huge sense of comfort, as did her husband. She also said it was the first night she saw her husband smile since he had heard the word cancer. And we are very mindful and we're in, in this COVID environment, we're trying to make sure that we create space for that same community to occur because we know that's, that's important. Like, you know, a big part of the challenge of cancer is the, the fear and isolation and the, the loneliness of that journey. And so we feel very lucky to be able to just create a space where people can forge those important connections. And as, as you talked about, and we love that, that, you know, we, we witness that too, that these wonderful friendships evolve and, you know, carry on outside of Wellspring. And we love that. I got a sense of freedom being in those rooms, a freedom to express, a freedom to allow myself to feel the things I didn't want to feel at home. And I know that all the programs that you offer are life enriching as well. Yeah, we hear that lots too, that people say, you know, I could have just taken this, this healing journey program would have benefited me even if I didn't have cancer, you know, it's just about kind of growing your spiritual self in that, in the case of that program or, so you're right. I think the, you know, mindfulness-based cancer recovery is really about mindfulness, which we know is important. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Your point about being able to, be free. We absolutely hear that as well, that people talk. And I think this, you know, this is what worried me about my dad, for instance, too, is people talk about kind of having to protect other people in their network about really what's going on in your head and heart at times. And, and as you said, what we hear at Wellspring is this freedom because, you know, people get it and you can, you know, express what's really happening we had a really interesting thing at Wellspring. We had the opportunity to have a group of patients take part in a, a program. So they were Wellspring members who took part in a program through our faculty of medicine where they learned qualitative research, learned to, to conduct qualitative research, and they actually designed their own research study. And in their case, they, they looked at what works at Wellspring, Calgary, and how, and it was ethics approved research that was, you know, the premise behind it, just recognizing that if we really want a system where patients are, are fully engaged, that we should be turning research over to patients at times, you know, at, trying to understand what patients want to learn more about. At, in the case of Wellspring, it was just really interesting because they identified the, the various things that they thought made Wellspring what it was. And one of them 
was humor and joy. And they talked about how, you know, a big part, you know, it's not this place where people come and they commiserate. I mean, that happens too. There are tears, but you know, a lot of it is, yeah, as you said, being able to laugh about, you know, some of the things that, that are, are difficult, but thankfully through humor and laughter, you can, you know, it helps you to get through it a little bit easier. So. And you learn things in your rooms that you don't learn at the hospital because you're, you're learning from each other, from other cancer patients. You know, when it comes to, to physicians and others, I think sometimes, as you described, you know, people may, what, what we in particular know is sometimes they don't have time, you know, the time that they want to take to. And so um, we've had some oncologists reach out to us to say, is there a way I can play a role at Wellspring? Like one of them recently who works with patients that have them, you know, tend to have a more metastatic, advanced cancer diagnosis, approached us to say, I need to have important conversations about transitions with my patients and I don't have the time and it's, it's killing me. And is there a way that I can play a role for patients that are facing that kind of a diagnosis? You know, I can invest time with them to talk about what that means. So he now does a, a stream of programs that are for people that have a more advanced cancer and he's, he plays a role there. He's a fantastic health psychologist and he, he does a speaker series where you know he can talk about transitions and really give people the time to explore and ask important questions. So, so yeah, we do hear those kinds of things. And you know, talking about transition and stage four cancer and people, not only the person with the cancer, but the family. From my perspective, I haven't lost any of my teammates. I haven't lost any of my what we call ourselves the cancer chicks. But there are a couple it doesn't look good. How do you deal with that? Because as an organization that supports cancer, cancer is a horrible disease. And we talked about the joy and the freedom and the laughter, but then cancer is an awful disease. And for many, we don't get out of it. We, we don't get to the other side of recovery, of beating this. How do you as staff deal with that? How do you as a, a staff and volunteers, how do you deal with that? Thankfully, the majority of the people that we see, we do see, you know, get well and eventually leave our program. And often, as you said, you know, leave with a new circle of friends. And we know that they're going to be, there'll be that ongoing support that they'll give to one another. And so that's such a thrill and privilege. And as you said, I mean, we meet such remarkable, you know, resilient, incredible people every day. So that's a joy, our witness to and, and suffer the loss of these incredible people in our community as well. And so we are intentional as a team. We, um, we mark the passing of, of people. Um, we have a little ceremony that we, we just privately do together. Um, we also have supports that are available. You know, if people need them, if you need some grief and bereavement support, we offer that. And then we also are just really sensitive to each other because of course, sometimes you have the privilege of maybe establishing a particular relationship with someone and, and that, that loss hits you especially hard. And so we're all there for one another. There's certainly been days that I've stepped into a colleague's office and shut the door and just shed tears and yeah. had the chance to talk about someone who we lost that the sorrow that you feel about about that profound that loss. loss. And you're you're dependent solely on donations to keep your organization going. So what kind of things do you do? So yeah, we're completely relying on the generosity of our community. And we do all those things that most charities do. We 
an annual donation program. So we have people that give monthly. We have uh, two special events. We have a major program. You know, we have planned giving, always trying to raise funds. In the COVID environment, like everyone else, holy, <laughs> you know, we were poised as everyone was because spring is kind of event time. And I know you know about events well. So we had two of our events that were supposed to occur. One is called the Firefighter Stair Climb Challenge. Really amazing event where firefighters come from all over the world to Calgary and they climb the what's called the Bow Building. It's this beautiful new, it was the tallest building. It's now it's the second tallest building in Calgary and it, it has a glass staircase that looks out over the Bow River. So it's a very unique event. And, you know, firefighters are sadly, uh, you know, particularly impacted by cancer. Mm -hmm. There's a number of presumptive cancers that are covered because of the, you know, the occupational risk that firefighters have. So they're very motivated to support an organization like Wellspring. So that's a really special event uh, um, that of course could not take place in a COVID environment. And uh, the other one that we do is something called Light It Up Calgary, which is a run and walk. So both of those did happen virtually. The, you know, the uh, return was much less than we, you know, than it would have been if it was face-to-face -face and we knew that was gonna be the case, but we were able to at least uh, secure some revenue from those events. We've applied for government, you know, the emergency funding that's available. So we've really been grateful for the wage subsidies and other things. And we launched a matching campaign, which we usually have at year end, but we launched one in the spring and we'll do another one at year end. And we've reached out to our donors uh, just to have personal conversations and they've been amazing and people have come forward. So at the moment, we're keeping our head above water and we're so grateful for that. And maybe a little bit more worried about next year, just because our economy is suffering and yeah makes you realize how fragile everything is sure does do you have anything else you'd like to add it's a joy to get to know you and <laughs> thanks for all that you're doing I think this is a wonderful podcast and you're you're so good at it you're just so personable and <laughs> oh, thank you yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast. And for those who are listening and you're from Calgary, reach out to Patty and her group and uh, try to help them out in any way you can, because cancer touches us all, whether we believe it or not. It just does. That is something, Debbie, that maybe I will add is that our work just prior to COVID, we had hired someone called our Southern Alberta Lead. We had done two years of planning. Um, environmental scan and planning around how we could reach people that couldn't make it to our centers. And so just a note that uh, you don't have to be in Calgary <laughs> to take part in Wellspring. You don't even have to be from Southern Alberta, although certainly that's our kind of our, technically our range, but we have in this uh, online environment, we're welcoming people and we'll continue our online environment forever, even when we can get back to our centers. But we're welcoming people from PEI, from Winnipeg, from BC. So please know that, um, that Wellspring Calgary is here for you if you have cancer. And the programs are free. There's no referral that's required. You just can go online, fill out a membership form, and take advantage of programs that can provide support to you and your family. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad to have spent this time with you. Me too. Thank you so much, Debbie. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too, Patty. And this is Keep Your Pecker Up podcast. Hit subscribe to find out when the next one's coming back and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye.